0: Listening to 525 Sports with Ace Finch and Cameron Schneider. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of 525 Sports. I'm Cameron Schneider. I'm joined as always by my good buddy Ace Finch. Ace, how you doing, my dude? What up, fam? I'm good, man. Oh, you... I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. It's been a busy week and it's only been a short week. It's only Tuesday. Dude, so it's the end of the week. It's the end of the school year. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. There are some dead relatives floating around it, so I don't know if it's the right <laughs> light to to go to, but I'm just going to go to it anyway, so.
1: Dude, yeah, I, I feel you. The wife is finishing um her schooling up for the year. We're getting ready to move. Um and then I'm finishing grad school and coaching at the same time, so it's crazy for us to uh so I feel you.
0: Yeah. Um, well, hey, let, let's jump right into it. You got some uh, NBA slash college coaching stuff you wanted to start off with, so yeah, go man. right
1: ahead. uh John Beilein's going to Michigan um, was the coach at Michigan. He just accepted the job with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, a little bit of a surprise. Um, I agree. Kind of, kind of thought he was going to be in coaching college forever, um, but and I thought if he did take a, 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 a NBA job, it was going to be with Detroit. But mm-hmm. I. Um, I like John B. Line a lot. I think he's a good coach. I think that when coaches say oh, so-and-so is a good college coach, but they can't coach at the NBA level. Listen, if you can coach, you can coach. The problem is um, that ownership is bad in Cleveland, just like it is in Phoenix, yeah. just like it is in Chicago. There's a reason that those teams were successful. It's called they had the right players. They had Steve Nash. They had LeBron James. They had Michael Jordan um and and, and Derrick Rose and Derek Rose if before before and after those players they're not any good um that's because ownership is it's terrible and in Cleveland it's the same thing um mm-hmm. you have Dan Gilbert who literally wrote a letter saying he was going to win a championship before LeBron James after LeBron left the first time um they didn't get <laughs> along they didn't get along. That's the reason that he left the second time. They had the greatest player of all time, and they botched it twice.
0: Uh, and, and, and he's from the state in which and, the team resides.
1: He's like 30 minutes from Cleveland. He grew up there. He grew up in Akron, which is right now, next to Cleveland. It's that, not, that would
0: be like me signing with the Kansas City Royals, the team I idolized my entire life growing up, and then leaving the team for... I don't know the Chicago White Sox. Twice no, the the New York Yankees. Twice, Twice. I know. Twice.
1: Twice. It's not just once. And so I look. It's like this. He's got no players in Cleveland right now. They're not going to be any good next year. They're not going to be any good the year after that. It takes years to get good in the NBA. You don't really get good overnight. Um,
0: you have um, to have that one. Unless, you have to have that one transcendent player. Unless you unless you get, they're getting Zion. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, unless which, we get which they have a shot to do tonight. They have a legitimate shot at getting Zion tonight, but because uh, the draft lottery is tonight. But or Ja it's rigged. or ja Morant and and it's so rigged. what? It's rigged, oh, of course. And so if <laughs> if um, if they get one of those two, then maybe. But we don't know that Zion and Ja Morant are going to be great players. We don't no. we don't know that and 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 they don't know that. And so, you know, it's really a shot in the dark and I hope for 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 Beeline's sake that they're good. Um, but the reality is is that they probably won't be and he'll probably be out in the first few years. Um mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that Steve Kerr is a better coach than him. That doesn't mean that Brad Stevens is a better Karen, how long have you been how long have you been teaching? 6 years. 6 years, right. John Beeline's mm-hmm. got like forty years experience. Steve Kerr's been coaching for as long as you've been teaching. If
0: mm-hmm. if
1: if you uh uh were were a teacher for six years and you got master teacher, does that mean you're a better history teacher than somebody that's been teaching for forty?
0: No, just a lot of it is right place, right time. Right, you've got great students, and yeah, you, you've had the opportunity for somebody to you know, Bro, take notice of what you're doing. Right. Steve Kerr stepped into I, I get what situation. you're saying. Yeah. I mean, and, if you want to, if you want to compare apples to apples, look how successful Luke Walton was with the Warriors. Right. He, he was amazing. He was, well, the Warriors were amazing when Steve Kerr stepped away because of health issues. Then Luke Walton goes to the Lakers as this next up and coming. Oh, he's the protege of Steve Kerr. The Lakers are going to be competing with the Warriors and a couple years later now, Luke Walton is the coach of the Kings, yeah. and that whole thing is going to be a mess. Luke Walton's really not that good of a coach.
1: And for the record, well, I disagree with you there. I think the Kings are like two years away
0: from being pretty good. but uh, We'll see. But uh, mark, mark that on the tape, please. Mark that on yeah, the tape.
1: Yeah, mark it on the tape. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I I hope for the sake of John Beeline that they're pretty good. I don't expect that they will be. I think he'll be um, out in a few years, and – I think that this was a money grab, but I can't prove that. and That's a heavy act. Yeah. All um, right,
0: you get one pick, one pick. Who replaces John Beeline at Michigan? Greg
1: Marshall. And I say that okay. as, I say that as somebody that's not a Greg Marshall fan, uh, from what he said about KU. So, uh, but Greg Marshall, I think he's the clear cut choice. Shaka um, Smart at this point sort of seems like a one hit wonder. With, um, yeah with VCU. So him or Steve Prohm, uh, Steve from comes to mind as well yeah. at Iowa State.
0: Yeah. And I could see Shaka, I could see Shaka leaving, you know, one year before the ax cuts his head off at Texas. Yeah. You know, he he's on, he's on thin ice already. So yeah, but I don't, it might be a good idea for him to get ahead of that. I don't, so, I think, if,
1: I think if you're Michigan, I don't know that you're interested in Shaka smart at this point. Um, yeah. If you
0: can, that's, that's fair. If
1: you can get Greg Marshall or, or Steve from I think you do it over
0: yeah overshocks more I I would say the guy I would love to see go back to college basketball would be Billy Donovan and I think he fits in with that Michigan culture I mean he got success at Florida which is traditionally a football school and he won two national championships there Michigan a lot most people think of it as a football school at least I think of it as a football school yeah yep but they've had success in basketball in the past so what about- I think Billy Donovan could uh, could come back into the college game and pick up right where he left off when he, what a, he left Florida. What
1: about Rick? Real quick, and we'll move on. What about Rick Petino? Yeah.
0: Oh boy, too soon. You think? G- give it a couple. Give it a couple years. Okay, that's fair. Get give, give, give it a couple years, and I think I think it will be. You know, they say time heals all wounds. I think not when he's, needs to be away. Not when he's created the same womb three times. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true, and that kind of that kind of transitions us into our next topic. Hmm. Um, you remember a couple years ago when I think it was Pat Forty and the good folks at Yahoo Sports, which I love love reading. All the Yahoo stuff Sports of Yahoo is sports. Sports. great. The athletic is Pat, better,
1: but Yahoo's good.
0: Yeah, for those of us on the cheap. Uh, Yahoo Sports is great, even though Pat Forty can be a Mizzou homer every once in a while. Everyone's I can be. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Anyway, college basketball was going to get turned on its head. And there was all this damning evidence that the game would never be the same. And coaches were going to get fired. And shoe companies were going to get exposed. And we fast forward two years later to a week ago. And the second trial just finished up. And we've got two guys who are going to prison. We've got Christian Dawkins, and we've got Merle Code. And both of them were um, convicted of conspiracy, and Dawkins was also convicted of bribery. So that, that should be it, right? College basketball is fixed. Is, is college basketball fixed, Ace? You think you think it's, everything's done? I know there's one more trial to be ta- uh, take place later this summer. I believe it's in June. But do you think college basketball has changed?
1: Um, no. I think it will. The way it th- needs to. No, I think it will. Um, well, I shouldn't say I think it will. I don't know if it will or not. I think it needs to. Um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like I equate it to this, and this may be comparing to apples to oranges. But you remember when we were kids and you didn't have 50,000 streaming services and it was either you had cable or you didn't. Right. Right. Well, now there's 50,000 streaming services and they've cut out the middleman. And so you're not paying as much for, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: for basic cable as you Mm -hmm. once were. Um, these shoe companies and these AAU coaches are the middleman and they need to be cut out. um, I, I don't know how you do it, because why? Because it seems like everybody's doing it, and even the programs that you think are doing it co- aren't aren't doing it. Excuse me. Cough cough. K State, um, they are too. I'm am sorry to tell you. Uh,
0: yeah, but they are it, it's, too. And, it's true. And I, it, I, go ahead.
1: And I don't know how you fix it. I mean, because here's the thing: if you've got on tape. Uh you know Sean Miller saying we'll pay ten thousand dollars for DeAndre Aiden and he all of a sudden goes to goes to Arizona. Um there's there's the ev- there's the evidence. You know, what are yeah. Kansas and Duke and these programs that are consistently getting top ten players? What are they doing? Um I know. Michael Beasley, out of nowhere, 10 years ago, goes to K-State when he's got Kansas and Duke and North Carolina knocking on his door. That rings up, you know, that that's alarming to me at the mm-hmm. time.
0: Uh, O.J. Mayo going to J. USC. O.J. Mayo going to USC. Or, or the, the kid from, um, oh, what was his name? He went to LSU, and his name is escaping me right now. But a lot of recruiting services – You know, had him pegged going to a Big East school or some East Coast school because he was from Connecticut. And then out of the blue, oh, I want to commit to LSU. And it was like, what LSU? Why they haven't been relevant since Big Baby Davis? And I, I, Nod Reed. Yep that that's who that's who it was. (sighs) I I don't know how it changes. I think that we've we've built it up as fans to the point that it's become corrupt. And I know college fans, this is just speaking in, in general generalisms. Uh, I don't think word?
1: it's a word, but go ahead,
0: master teacher. I don't think. Speaking <laughs> in general, okay. We want to go root for the alma mater, and we want everything to be pure and holy, and we want Johnny Basketball to go out there and fight, fight, fight for the crimson and blue or the purple and white or the black and gold. And he's not taking any money. He's doing it because he loves Missouri or he loves K-State or he loves KU. They don't. They really don't love the alma mater. It's a stepping stone to the NBA. Yeah. You you and I love the alma mater. Okay? Go to Allen Fieldhouse on any given night and just scan the crowd. Okay, Dad, don't take offense to this. It's a bunch of middle-aged white guys with beer bellies along the sideline watching the game. It's not the students. Those are the people who are consuming basketball. We as fans have created the monster. The NCAA tournament is a multi-million dollar endeavor. College sports is a multi-million dollar endeavor. And... As as long as money is involved and the extent that it is, there's always going to be issues. Here's the thing with sorry to cut you pain off, paying but... players under under the table. I mean, it happens at the junior college level, yeah. like you mentioned. It happens at KU. They're going to get busted for the whole de DeSosa thing. It happened at K State with Michael Beasley. A lot of people don't realize it, but f- seven or eight years ago, Beasley uh, filed a lawsuit against. Um, a former agent and an AAU coach because they tried to recruit him while he was in high school and give him funding and contracts with shoe companies and he was involved with runners and I'm not saying that as a knock against K State it it just happened right. and that's just how the the system is I don't see how it's gonna you're gonna cut out some middleman and then another middleman is going to reemerge
1: Here's the thing though it's it's a problem at one level. It's a problem at Division One. You and I went to a Division Two school. It's not an issue there. It's not. An, it's, not no. an it's not an issue at Division Three. It's not an issue with an AIA. So, how do you fix? Because you can say pay the players. Okay. How do you pay a player at Emporia State?
0: How? They don't have the money. How do you pay a player at? How do you pay a player at Baker University? How do you
1: pay a player at Baker? How do you pay a player at Friends? They don't have the money. Newman doesn't have the money. I can tell you Newman doesn't have the money because I work there. So, So (laughs) so, uh, how do you you fix it? How do you make it equal? I was going to say equitable, but equal. How do you make it equal? Because you can't pay the same thing to a player at Kansas that you play them at Pittsburgh State.
0: Right. And you can have the argument of, well, once the one-and-done rule is eliminated – all those top 20 players who are going to go to the NBA, they don't have to worry about those anymore. Well, what about player 21 through player 50? The college coaches still want them because they're not going to the NBA, and we want player 21 through player 50 to come to our program. So how do we get them? Oh, look, here's Benjamin Franklin. Oh, and here's Andrew Jackson, the dead president's in my pocket. Come play for... Insert state university name. And here's
1: the thing here's don't know. the thing too
0: there's a lot of things th- to do there
1: is and one more thing is, is just because just because the one and done rules eliminated doesn't mean players aren't gonna come to college for one year and leave. Right. It doesn't mean that's not still gonna be the case. Because the reality is is that in American sports, the best way for you to get seen is to go to college for one year. It's not to go to China, it's not to go to Israel, it's not to go to Italy, it's to go to college for one year do an internship, and go to the pros. So it's yeah. it's still going to be a problem, even if they cut out the rule. Um, that trans, that transition, yeah. to, speaking of the NBA, boy, do we have great series starting tonight in about 12 minutes. We do. Um,
0: we Portland do.
1: and Golden State, Cameron, I challenge you to watch one game from this series. Uh, please, uh, because if you like backcourts, if you like college, or, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, guard play. If you like guard play, watch mm-hmm. this series: Clay Thompson and Steph Curry versus Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum. It does not get any better than this. Uh, and then on on as tomorrow we got Milwaukee and Toronto. I'm not as interested in that one. I'm all watch Kawhi Leonard versus Giannis, See, but I'm not. I'm I'm all in on this Portland that, series. That's
0: the one I'm. That's the one I'm more interested in. Is the Eastern really? Conference Finals? Uh. Oh, I love Giannis. He is a freak. He is there. Oh my gosh! I I don't follow the NBA as closely as you do, and I've never really had a team. You know, I tried to get on board with it by picking like a crappy team that was kind of Timberwolves, close by. baby. You know, I follow the Timberwolves, baby. <laughs> Timberwolves, but it's like okay, their games they're on midweek, and I have other stuff going on. It's like ugh. if if Kansas City had a team, I would follow. Right. Them. I mainly just follow like incredible athletes Right. because, like most people, I enjoy seeing things that I could never do. Right, right. I'm five foot eight and I weigh 180 pounds. I'm lucky if I can barely touch the backboard anymore. But seeing guys like Giannis do anything and everything on the court that amazes me. That's why I love LeBron. It's not I don't I I'll watch LeBron wherever he goes because he's LeBron. Right. I watched Michael Jordan everywhere he played because he was Michael Jordan and he was doing things that had never been done. That's why I'm most intrigued by the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm so intrigued by the
1: West. Um, I've watched every second of this series um, as long as my wife doesn't kill me, which she's pretty cool about it. She likes watching the NBA. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think Portland's got a real shot in the series. I don't think they win tonight, but I think they could win the series. Um as long as they win it in six. Yeah. Uh transitioning, and you wanted to talk some baseball, so
0: I do, but can I can I give you a little breaking into Go ahead, news? go ahead. New Orleans Pelicans, number one overall what? pick. No yes. Swear. Uh, yep. Zion's gonna be a Pelican. Oh,
1: that 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 <laughs> stinks. I really wanted him to but, go to New York. I really uh, wanted
0: to The lottery is the lottery is I not rigged. To, Zion's going to be a I Pelican. I want him to
1: go to the Knicks. Um, <laughs>
0: I've got i I've got a new favorite team.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing, Cameron, and I know we weren't uh, scheduled to talk about this, and we're going to run over this week. Sorry, guys, but um, do you think Zion's going to be the transcendent player? People think he's going to be in the NBA.
0: No, I think he's going to be Blake Griffin, a better. I think he's going to be a better Charles Barkley. That's what he's he gonna do. be a more athletic he's Charles Barkley, a, a more athletic Charles Barkley, and Charles Barkley was athletic. I don't say that as a, I don't see that as a disrespect. No, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. <clears throat> he was an amazing player, but Zion, he's not gonna be LeBron. Is I, he can I, he be Blake I just Griffin? Don't see it, uh, yeah. Although I Charles, I
1: think Charles so is better than Blake I, Griffin.
0: So, I I do too. I heard it best when. Um, who was it the other day? Jarrett Sutton. He was a uh, used to play at Mizzou. He's an NBA scout now. He was on the program with Trent Petro, um, who's like my sports talk idol on uh, eight hundred and ten here in Kansas City. And Petro was like, you know what would work? Zion Williamson should get over the fact that he wants to play small for- forward, or he wants to play the three spot, and he should play center. And draw big guys out to guard him. Joel Embiid couldn't guard Zion Williamson. No, but Zion
1: couldn't post
0: up Joel Embiid either. He doesn't have to just pull him oh, out and shoot. play bully ball with him. He, uh, he's going to drive right by him and. Dunk yeah, I him. think that I think Hunter that's easier
1: King. said than done.
0: I, I know, but think about it. He could bully guys around. He couldn't he bully could really Joel. And, he couldn't. Jo-
1: he couldn't bully Joel Embiid down to the low block.
0: Maybe that's a bad example because Joel Embiid – He's the best
1: center in the game best. right now. He's
0: not bullying Joel Embiid. Maybe not. You're right. But your average NBA center, if Zion could pull them out – the Cantor. And force them – yeah, Put him in
1: pick-and-roll situations.
0: Yeah, and he's not going to keep up with them. Zion's too quick. He's too explosive. And he's just a freak. But I, I don't the NBA team won't utilize him as as a center. I don't think they're just small forward is where he I think fits he fits in, in as a four. I think, I think he fits in
1: as a stretch four. Yeah. Um but you know, in the, the basketball in general is increasingly positionless. Um uh, I think position yeah. talk is almost useless at this point. Uh so yeah. You know, we got you got LeBron James playing point guard and power forward and small forward and, and center and he can play yeah. anywhere. And if you're a great player, you can.
0: He's a He's a point he's, center. You got Kevin Durant who can who can handle the ball as good as anybody in the league, and he's and six foot. He can foot shoot 10. it
1: as well as anybody also.
0: And he can shoot it. So, and he can shoot it. All right, we got two more topics to get to, and I'll make mine short. Uh it's the quarter way – it's a quarter mark, I guess I should say, in major league baseball and I want to talk a little bit about things that I'm surprised about with the Kansas City Royals and things that I'm disappointed about. What, what should I start with first, Ace? Disappointments or is surprises? Is Chris Owings one of your disappointments because he? Oh, he's, don't, Chris Owings is the bane of my Royals' uh, existence. <sighs> if y'all follow me on Twitter, I've been tweeting about this a lot lately, Chris Owings, the only position he should have is Ben team former. is... Is bench warmer. He should. He should. He should be washing the jock straps. He should be, um, rubbing pine tar on the bats for people. He should be getting as much playing time as Salvador Perez, which is zero. And that that's going to change because Nicky Lopez got called up today. He's getting the start. He actually he got the start because the game has already started. Uh, second base. Which is awesome. He's been crushing it in Omaha. What Merrifield got moved to the outfield? I believe he's starting in right field today. So, around the diamond, it looks like uh, Gutierrez at third, Mondesi, who's having an awesome year. Yeah, so he's, far. Been, he's playing really uh, well. Shortstop, he's playing really well. Uh, Lopez at second, and then first base is Hunter Dozier, who is a legitimate All Star candidate. All Star. Oh my gosh, is Hunter Dozier. He's really good. And, and the offense has really been the bright yeah, spot. Absolutely. Of this team. The bullpen, it's, it's the, the pitching. pitching that's, it's the pitching that's terrible. And it's, it's not even the bullpen. At the beginning of the year, it was the bullpen. But now, the starters, they're leading the league in walks. I want to say that, and it's not even close. They've had like seven more walks than the, the next to last place team, which I believe is the Chicago White Sox. I, and they can't throw strikes. And that, that, was the big, that was the big thing about this year was like these pitchers, they're going to throw strikes and they're going to have a good defense behind them. If the batters put the ball in play, we'll have Billy Hamilton in the outfield chasing things down. And Whit Merrifield is a solid infielder, so is Mondesi. Well, if you don't throw strikes, the batters can't put right. balls in play. And the two worst at it are the guys who we thought were going to be the best, Jacob Junis right. and Brad Keller. They were supposed to be like, the Billy Butler and Alex Gordon or the Eric Hosmer and the Mike Moustakis. They were supposed to be the two young guys. That's like, okay, we're going to go in all in on these two. They're going to be our core for the pitching and everything's going to be hunky Dory. And and at the beginning of the year,
1: they were throwing strikes. They were putting the ball in play.
0: Uh, And right. And the bullpen is what is right. And so let me
1: ask you this. Do you follow the team closer than I do? I'm, I'm a, Pretty casual Royals fan. I'll check in on the score, but I don't watch every day. Um, Right. Do you think that the bullpen, having so many letdowns early in the year, because they would be, or they would have been at one point, around 500 had it not been for all the bullpen implosions, um, do you think that that plays a factor in a starter's psyche of, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to hold, we're not going to be able to hold on to the lead anyway, so – screw it, there's so much pressure on me to pitch yeah. well because I uh, because we have to have a lead if we want any chance at winning this game. Uh, I have to pitch well. Yeah. So how does that affect a pitcher's uh, mentality as a starter, knowing that he's got all this pressure on him that he has to do well and he's really got to pitch um, six strong innings for you have a chance?
0: Yeah, it, it's got to affect a guy. I mean, think about how, just to kind of play reversal, think about those teams in 14 and 15 and 16. They knew, the starting pitchers knew, all right, if I can give it a solid six innings, I got Herrera, Davis, and Holland at the back end of this bullpen. And they're going to close the gate, and the game is going to be over. And the other other team knew that too. They were like, we've got to strike while the iron's hot in the first six innings, because once we start facing those cyborgs that are coming out of the bullpen, we're not going to score any runs in the last third of the game. So it's got to play a, a toll on these guys' minds. Um, I'm hopeful for the offense to turn around. or they're not, They are not—they don't need to turn around, but I'm hopeful for this new offense, the, the minus Chris Owings offense with Nicky Lopez, uh, to do some good things. What Merrifield got interviewed today before the game, they asked him about Hey, what's your reaction to having to move to the outfield? And the biggest thing that stood out to me was he said, I'm just tired of losing. And I think everybody in the clubhouse is tired of losing. He wants to move to whatever position the team needs him at to best help them win. And if that means he has to play right field, he'll play right field. If that means he has to play catcher, he's the dude that's going to play catcher.
1: I love that. I do, I so do too. And, it, and and just to, just to cap on Nicky Lopez, I've done a little bit of research on him before the podcast. Um, he seems like a nice guy. He seems like the type of guy that you want to build your franchise around. Um, so mm-hmm. I hope that he does well. I don't think that one player, middle infielder, can, can change the fortunes of your season um, that drastically. I don't think he's going to take the Royals from, you know, Fifteen games under five hundred, or whatever they are, ten games under to yeah. uh, to a playoff team. Um, but but there's yeah, hope for the future. He could definitely be a yes, core absolutely.
0: Piece. Yeah, he's going to be. He's going to have to be a core piece if this team's going to compete um, in the next five or six years. I think 2022 is the window. That's when the you think Bubba Starling will
1: up. ever make he'll the majors?
0: He, he'll make the le- the majors. He's going to get you called so? up in June. I, I hope he can stay healthy,
1: because he'd be one
0: that, that you. I do too. I will be at. I will be at, at his as, debut. I will make it a point. It will, I will be make it a point to be there. As a kid, I will. T- I want to tell. I want to tell my grandkids. I went to the major league debut of a dude who struck me out three times at a. You high played school
1: against league. Bubba Starling,
0: so. Er, I did play That's- against Bubba Starling. He was a. He was a freshman in high school when I was a senior. Oh, he was my Richardson, age. That's right. I went to Lewisburg High School, and he threw a one hitter against us as a freshman. Totally, how hard did he throw? Amazing. I want to say he was he was probably throwing okay. mid eighties. Which low, in Kansas high school
1: low-90s. ball, if you're not from here, that's that's moving it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he wasn't the fastest pitcher we faced all year. There's a kid from Ottawa who was throwing low nineties that year, and we faced a lefty from Eudora who was like high eighties. But mm-hmm. he was left-handed, so it was like, dang. Couple that sauce with a, a different vantage point, and he had some guys. Do you remember Sean Talkington at Emporia? Him. Okay, well, I do. He he could, br- he could he bring could it. Bring we weight. played
1: against him in high school. He's from Chase County, and uh, he threw mm-hmm. like mid to upper eighties in high school, which is for a 2 a high school pitcher mm-hmm. is insane. Um. And we yeah. didn't face anybody like that. He started game one and beat us, and we were beating them in the second game. And you could pitch nine game, innings in, in doubleheader. And his dad was the head coach, uh-huh. and he brought it. He brought Sean back in to close us out in game two, and they end up sweeping us. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, Dang. but that was the closest thing we ever faced to a Boa Starling was Sean talking to. Um, yeah. Uh, what's our final topic today?
0: Last topic. Let's just have it be one sentence. Should NFL quarterbacks have to mentor? Okay, one folks?
1: word answer for me. No, um, I don't think so. Listen, you're competing. You're competing with these guys to to try to to get win the starting job. I know that with your Patrick Mahomes, Chad is not realistically going to beat you out. Um, but right. Uh, Alex, Smith, I mean, look at look look at the job that that Alex Smith did do, learning uh, teaching Patrick Mahomes. Right. But you know what? If you're Brett Favre and you've got a talented guy like Aaron Rodgers and you're a tradable piece, dude, I'm not I'm not mentoring you. You're not taking my spot yeah. from me. And
0: the reason I bring it up was um, Joe Flacco came out in the news today. I think I saw it first on ESPN. He was asked, "Hey, are you gonna?" be a mentor to uh, Drew Locke. And he his response was, no, my responsibility is to win football That's right. for this team. Which is true. Which is true. I mean, it's it, I, it goes a long way. To, it goes a, a far way to show how good a dude, just as a, a man, Alex Smith is. He is like class act to the nth degree. He didn't have to help Patrick Mahomes, but he knew that, you know, this is – this is the future of our franchise, and I want to leave it in good hands. And the Chiefs have done a lot for me in helping me, essentially resurrect my career because they did. Because he was no longer the starting quarterback in San Francisco, so he needed a place to to turn things around. He did a well, very good job of it. Say what you want about. Well,
1: Alex Smith. I love Alex Smith. You know that, but I, I think part of the responsibility yeah. has to fall on the rookie as well. You got to be willing to learn. You got to be willing to take a step back and say, right. I don't know everything. I um, mean, Pat was did that you know he knew he knew that hey i don't you know i don't i didn't take care of the ball very well at texas tech i've got to do a better job of that um Mm -hmm. in the pros if i want to be successful and alex smith is like the best quarterback in the league at not turning it over i better listen to him and clearly he did because he only threw five interceptions last year so and he wasn't you know the things that he did in college throwing into double coverage um, throwing it right into a linebacker's hand because he didn't see him. Uh, things like that. He didn't do that with the Chiefs last year. So he made some risky no. throws, but they were throws that he knew he could complete. So, um,
0: yeah. So definitely. yeah, but
1: I don't think it's a responsibility of the of the of the veteran.
0: How about you? Nor do I. Nor do I. So well, that's all we got for you guys this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Share the podcast with your friends. Do it. Uh, subscribe to us. Do it. And uh yeah, we'll uh look for you down the road to listen to more uh of our business. Ace, you got anything to say to the good people before we uh, cut them off?
1: Uh have a good week, have a good week. Uh and and remember, guys, play hard, pray hard. We'll see you next week.
0: Amen. Follow my my boy Ace on Twitter at ace boogie. Underscore eleven is that Underscore right?
1: Underscore eleven, that's right. You got it. Yeah. you right. you You were the reason I got Twitter. I am. Yeah, you get. You, I created one with you in the dorm freshman. Year. You were like, you need Twitter, and I was like, I don't want Twitter. And you were okay. like, where well, well, you getting Twitter?
0: Let Let me take a second to apologize to the ah. world for being the reason that Ace Finch has Twitter. <laughs> I, I I'll go to confession later this week, like a good <laughs> Catholic boy should and uh, hopefully I'll be forgiven of my sins. Follow me on Twitter, at hey Schneid. We'll be back next week with another episode of 525 Sports. Hey, thanks for listening to 525 Sports with Ace Finch. Hey, Leonard, have you gotten married yet? Uh, no, why? Good, don't do it. Why not? Some important new information has come to light. Women are the worst. I thought it was paper cuts, but I was wrong. No piece of paper ever cut me this deep. And Cameron Schneider. Why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be.